BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This ride is just insane! We're going to go 165 feet in the air. We're going to drop down 180 feet like an 85 degree angle. You ready? I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. I had that last week, actually. Coast in the Country with Marcus Lashock. From WGN TV Studios in Chicago, this is Coast in the Country. My name is Marcus Lashock. I want to welcome each and every one of you back to the podcast today. It's episode three. We are already at episode three. Very excited to be back here. And uh, if you're new to the podcast, we run down everything that's happening in the theme park world. We tell you about all the great places that you can travel to across the country, heck, across the continent in this case. And we just have some good old-fashioned family fun. That's the goal here. And this week we have a very special episode because, as I mentioned, we are heading across the continent. We're traveling north of the border for the Yukon Striker. This is my striking music, going to strike gold. Uh, If you're a viewer of the WG Morning News, you know that I took my first trip ever north of the border and went to Canada's Wonderland last week for the Yukon Striker Media Day. We're going to tell you all about this brand new B&M dive coaster. It was great. It was a really great day, and it was a lot of fun. I'm going to give you my full review of the ride. I also talked with Grace Peacock. She is the communications director at Canada's Wonderland. And I'd never been there, so I really wanted to catch up with her about everything that they're about and what they're working on. And they're really getting back into putting the theme back into a theme park, which is really refreshing to hear. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. We talked with Amusement Insiders. They're located up there. They're experts on everything Canada's Wonderland. Got their reaction to the ride. Brendan from Amusement Insiders got his reaction to the ride. And I'll also give you my report on the trip up there. I drove from Chicago. It's about seven and a half hour drive without stops. So it was a little bit longer than that. But talk about that experience and then Where I stopped, I stopped at Niagara Falls, which is not too far from Canada's Wonderland. And I want to tell you about my reaction to that first time ever seeing it. If you haven't seen it, you have to go. It's one of those things you're just going to have to see once in your life. And I'll have that for you in just a little bit. But first, let's get started. Let's talk a little bit about Canada's Wonderland. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car... Use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Um, so if you haven't been up to Canada's Wonderland, it's a 330-acre theme park in Vaughan, Ontario, Canada. Just outside of Toronto. So if you were traveling up there, you would 
fly into Toronto most likely, and then head to Vaughan from there. It's not too far from the city of Toronto. Canada's Wonderland, owned by Cedar Fair. Cedar Fair, of course, the parent company of Cedar Point, Kings Island, Dorney Park, all those uh, Cedar Point, uh, Cedar Fair parks. And Canada's Wonderland, one of the most visited parks in North America, which I shamefully was not aware of. I was aware of Canada's Wonderland, but I just wasn't aware of how big it was and how popular it was. But now that I've been there and seen it myself for the first time, I can see why. They have 17 roller coasters at Canada's Wonderland. And not just baby roller coasters. They have things like Leviathan, which is another B&M coaster over 300 feet tall. If you haven't seen the POV of that, or if you haven't been on it, you got to see it. Uh, the worst part of me going up there for the media day was that none of the other rides were open yet. They weren't open for another week and a half. So I just had to walk past all of these ridiculously monstrous roller coasters. And that's a way to get me back, I guess. But uh, I was shocked to hear that they have 17 roller coasters. The other thing that you'll notice when you walk into Canada's Wonderland, it reminded me of Kings Island a little bit. When you walk into the park and you're on that sort of main drag of Kings Island, if you've been there before... Um, they have a gigantic fountain area that goes all the way back, and then it ends at this mountain. They have this mountain in the middle area right there when you walk in. First, there's a bridge over the fountain area that you can stand on and get your selfies and all that, but they have this mountain behind it that has this giant waterfall coming down, and you walk into the gate, and you walk out, and you're like, whoa, whoa. This is really, really cool. And it's not just... The other neat thing about it is there's a there's a roller coaster. I forget the name of it. Uh, that goes into the mountain. And there's another one, Vortex, that kind of goes in and around the mountain. So they've incorporated other rides inside and outside of this thing. That's It, it just has that picturesque of... If you're from outside of Canada and you picture... What does like the wilderness of Canada l- look like? And you, you picture, like, like, the mountain with the trees and all that. That's what you feel when you walk in there. And it's it's great. It's a very great opening. Uh, it's like introducing you to Canada, right? Uh, it was great. So I really like that. But I was there to ride Yukon Striker. That's what brought me up there. So let's go ahead and do this. We're going to do the coaster review, tell you all about the ride and what I thought about it. Here we go. All right, time for the roller coaster review, Yukon Striker. Man, this was fun. So, Yukon Striker, if you haven't heard of it, which I'm sure you have, if you've been anywhere on social media over the last eight months or so, you've seen the animations of this thing, and by now you've seen the POV and the ride video and all that good stuff. But it is a BNM dive coaster, 245 feet on the drop, coming off of this thing, 90 degrees straight down. You hit a top speed of 80 miles an hour. Now, if you haven't been on a BNM dive coaster before, let me explain what this is a little bit. So it's a little bit different where the trains, you know, normal roller coaster trains are pretty long, right? This one uh, is only three rows deep. It's only three rows, but the rows are eight seats across. So you can imagine having eight bodies across. The track on this is gigantic. It's a really wide track. And BNM track is already pretty wide to begin with. But on these dive coasters, it's it's really wide. But what's really neat, like other BNM dive coasters, is if you're on the ends of the train, you're hanging off the side of the track. 
And that's significant because these are floorless trains. So when you board the train, right, you walk up like any roller coaster, you sit in your seat, the floor drops away. So when you're looking down at your feet, you see whatever's below there. So if you're over the track, then yeah, you're going to see the track right under your feet. But if you're on the sides, which is where I recommend sitting, um, you don't see anything underneath you. That's just air. So you're kind of just hanging out there on this thing. And so you're going up the dive coaster. The other cool thing about it with the three rows, as I mentioned, in my opinion, this is a front seat ride because it's all about the drop, which I'm going to talk about in just a second. I know some people like the back on these. And the cool thing about that, if you are a backseat rider, um, they have stadium-style seating on the coaster. So if you're in the second row, yes, you're looking at the row in front of you. You are looking at the the backs of the seats that are in front of you. But the second row is a little bit higher from the first row. So you can see over everybody that's there, okay? But if you're in the third row, you can see a little bit over the second row, which is cool. So you're still getting that pull from the back of the train, right? But you're not completely blind to everything that's happening in front of you. What I love about dive coasters and why I think they're kind of unique for each individual place, when you get to the top of the hill, everything slows down. It's a crawled pace when you get up there and you take this little jog around. So you, you loop around a little bit. So you're up there and you're flat and you, you slowly move around to where the drop is. And what's cool about this is I've never been to Canada's Wonderland. This is my first time at Canada's Wonderland. So you can really take in. It's almost like you're, you're on an observation deck over the park. Because think about most roller coasters when you go up the lift hill and you go to the top, you get to the top and you hang a little bit and then you go. This ride, you get up there and you take a little journey around a little bit. Like, all right, I'm going to cruise around the side here until I get to the drop. And that gives you an opportunity to kind of catch your breath look around and there's leviathan oh there's the cool canada's wonderland mountain thing there's vortex which i'm going to talk about in a second but you really get to look around the park and see like wow this is a really cool place and i think with this other element which was really great and i think what separates yukon striker out is one the drop the drop is ridiculous it is 90 degrees straight down 245 feet but when you look, and this is the cool thing about the dive coasters, right, is when you get to the edge, you pull to the edge, and they, the ride creeps over the edge, and then it stops. And I feel like this ride stops longer than Valraven stops, which is the only other dive coaster I've been on. But this one stops longer. You're really hanging there longer, and you really get to take in that drop. And at the bottom of the drop is water, and a tunnel that looks way too bleep and small to fit this gigantic train that you're in. How am I going to fit in that hole there in that tunnel? But what's really cool is that the other there's another ride there, a roller coaster called Vortex, and they built this so you're, the first drop goes right in between that other coaster. So if you think about it, when the park's open and Vortex is running, you could be going down as Vortex loops around. Which is, in, it's incredible. And that, that drop, when you, when you finally do drop, it takes your breath away every time. And that's why when people see the POV of this 
and they say, man, you know, I've been on a dive coaster before. You've been on and been on a mall. No, you, no. It's, it's one of those things that the video does not do it justice. You have to go up there, and you have to hang there, and you got to feel it. And everybody, watch the people. It's great people watching, too, because where they put this is right next to a walkway. You can stand right next to that tunnel right on the other side of the fence and watch people's faces as they're hanging over the edge and then see their faces as they're coming out of that tunnel and hitting that first Immelman maneuver, which is awesome. And where it is, is is another really uh, high point of this ride. It also has a full vertical loop, straight up traditional loop, which is pretty neat. First time that's been done on a dive coaster. There's a helix at the end of the ride, which, you know, I've been on a helix before. But what's cool about it, again, is where they put the helix. So when you're at the end of this thing, you, uh, you're you cruising around that helix and you see all these people underneath. There's like a gathering area right there where people can stand right under the train and you can wave to your friends or whoever's on the ride. It's just, a, it's a great ride. It's a, it's a fantastic ride. And I know I heard from a lot of enthusiasts who are like, well, is it just Val Raven and a little bit plus? No, it's it's got its own unique feel to it. The elements are great. The ride is really long. And to me, it's all about the drop. It's all about that front seat on the edge, hanging out, nothing below you, looking down at that drop and hitting it. So uh, here's what it sounded like with me on the coaster. You can also see this uh, on my YouTube channel if you want to check it out. So all right, here we go. Here's my full ride on Yukon Striker. Now this is the best part of the dive coaster. You come to the edge here and it is going to stop and then it is going to show us this ridiculous view down into an underwater tunnel and that tunnel looks way too small to fit this thing in it oh boy Woo! 90 degrees straight down we are going 80 miles an hour the tunnel's too small into an amelman maneuver Woo! and then from here we're going to hit a 270 degree Floating roll, pure weightlessness, that's incredible. And then the first on a dive coaster, a full vertical loop. And then not one Immelman, but you got two. Two Immelman for the price of one. Oh, and you would think that that was good enough. But it isn't, because we're going to go to the edge and we're going to dive one more time. This is like a mini little dive here. You ready? Whee! <laughs> and then this is really fun. You got a helix at the end of the ride. You can see all the people down there. Hi, people! Whee! Oh. So that was a great time. It was a really fun ride, and uh, I had an absolute blast on it. It was a big day for Canada's Wonderland. We talked to Grace Peacock. She is their communications manager. And uh, I'd never been there before, so I had all kinds of questions about Canada's Wonderland, and she had answers for me. So take a listen. I keep saying every time I hear people screaming when they're coming down that drop, it's like, it's just an amazing sound to me. I'm, I'm thrilled to see people on it and seeing people just, you know, loving it and loving our new theming that's going on in Frontier Canada, too. It's it's a great day. So talk about that a little bit. Um, this is my first time to Canada's Wonderland, but you sort of built out this new, rethemed this area. What did you guys do over here? Right. So Yukon Striker is a showpiece attraction now of our newly themed area, Frontier Canada, which is... It's themed to the Klondike Gold Rush, the late 1890s in, in Western Canada. And the reason we're bringing this here is actually because it's, it's a bit of an origin story for us. When the park was being designed for opening in 1981, 
Frontier Canada was supposed to be one of the themed sections, the five themed sections that opened, but it got shelved and it never happened. And um, we have all these awesome, like old concept books with drawings of what it was supposed to be. And we're really trying to get back to some of our original theming right now because we've had different ownership over the years. And I think the park sort of lost a little bit of its identity. So we wanted to bring Frontier Canada back and, you know, perfect timing we've got this amazing B&M roller coaster so we're building it out and we've we've grouped in a lot of um, different Canadian themed rides into this area now uh, and you're going to see some new stuff coming in future years too. I think it's refreshing as an enthusiast to hear somebody at a park saying we're getting back into the theming. It seems like some places are, are now kind of we're all about the attractions and everything, but to hear you guys really want to embrace what the history of this place was is pretty refreshing. Yeah, yeah, we read, uh, we, we, one of our theme sections, we, we've switched back to another original, the Grand World Expo of um, 1890, uh, and a couple of rides, uh, we've reverted back to their original names too. So Dragonfire um, originally had, was Fire, F-Y-R-E, and so that's, that's now back in. Wild Beast, okay. we added an E back onto Wild. It's ah. little things like that, right? Yeah. Wonderland Theatre is now Canterbury Theatre, which was the original in, in Medieval Fair. So slowly over the years, we're going to continue doing the same. Yukon Striker, easily the most viral attraction of the off-season. I can't tell you how many messages I got from people on Facebook. People I know, don't know, people I do know saying, have you seen this thing with the animation? Are you blown away by just how much attention it got in the off-season? Oh yeah, I'm continually shocked because there's there's a few posts we have and a couple of videos that just every day continue to get comments and shared around and people are just eating it up. And I don't blame them because when you see that 90 degree drop, like I mean, we have it in the animation and it's incredible to watch and to, to watch the POV as well. But when you're here in real life and you're standing next to this thing, it's really intimidating. So yeah, it's it's been great though. I'm pleasantly pleasantly surprised. <laughs> I think part of it is where you guys put it too and how it doesn't just have that drop but you go into that underwater tunnel and when you're looking from there and next to the ride it looks like that's not big enough that, that tunnel like how wait how does that go into there at that speed and everything. Yeah. Well just wait until you're at the top of it and you're hanging down that summit and you're looking at the tunnel it's gonna be, it's gonna look the size of a postage stamp <laughs> wow. and you'll wonder how you fit everybody's gonna be tucking and ducking I'll tell you. And just how it interacts with the other what is this other coaster over here that wraps around it? That's Vortex. Vortex. Yeah. And it is this is probably I guess the first time because all of our other coasters really the big ones are on the perimeter of the park and so have been built the track goes away from the guest areas mm -hmm. and this one is really right in the middle of everything so there's a lot of interaction with the guest pathways and people are right beside it you know as the thing goes soaring by out of that tunnel into the first Immelman we've got the 360 loop on the other side that people are going to be walking right beside so even for the, the non-thrill seekers it's going to be fun for people to watch. Um, how can I make sure that Vortex is timed perfectly. So when I go down the drop, you know, I get that awesome vortex coming around as I hit the tunnel. Yeah, that's going to be like the million dollar moment. I think yeah. the first person that actually captures that or gets to ride when that's happening should get some kind of prize right. because we're going to be waiting for that to happen too. Well, you know, every enthusiast is going to lie and make up that story and say, <laughs> I was on it when Vortex was coming right around. I saw yeah. it, I swear. Yeah, I was the one. It was my moment. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. But it'll be really neat to see that, definitely. So what are you guys doing the rest of the season? Obviously, this is a huge day for you. We're here on Media Day. But um, once this is over and then you open like a week from today, like next weekend, right? That's right. So our first opening day is May 3rd. 
And uh, we've got an exciting year in store. I mean, never mind UConn Striker, where the other big thing that's coming this year is Winterfest. So this is uh, the first time we're going to be extending our season into the winter with that program. And um, we have, um, you know, Frontier Canada showed everybody and new restaurant venues in there as well um, that are just being wrapped up in terms of the construction. And um, we have a full entertainment lineup as well, Ultimate Thrills cir uh, Circus. We have a Celebration Canada event that runs for a few weeks. And um, Kids Fest, which is a program we love having here. It's a party for kids, essentially, with Marvel superheroes and all kinds of entertainment, um, and which is all included with admission. How can a Canadian theme park be open in the winter? We're Canadians. We're tough. <laughs> <laughs> right. Obviously, the big coasters aren't going to be open. Yeah. But um, it's going to be less of a ride experience, I would suggest, right. and more of a you know a holiday one with coming to we're going to have the, the our, our fountain outside of the mountain it's going to be a skating rink uh the place is going to be decked out with holiday lights all over the trees we're going to have all kinds of holiday performances and interactive experiences for families and kids and uh, we will have rides running it'll yeah. be the the smaller flat ones but um it'll be it's more of an experience just to come here and and walk around yeah and if anybody's been to like a winter festival at any theme park i know king's island does it too and mm -hmm. it's incredible you know it's great and it is not about getting on the biggest rides necessarily but it's all the theming and everything that goes with it that's so right. that's yeah. going to be fun for you yeah and the, and the difference here i think is we might actually have real snow for <laughs> for winter fest yeah we're just excited this is it's impressive to see this and you know to know that it's the longest tallest and fastest dive coaster in the world um you know our friends at cedar point aren't too sad to give up their title yeah. for, and for their dive coaster but not only that but you guys have 17 roller coasters here i saw yeah i feel like you are overlooked when it comes in the coaster world everybody thinks about cedar point or some other places but maybe you should be on the top of that must visit list if somebody's a roller coaster enthusiast yeah oh definitely do, do not underestimate canada's wonderland yeah and we are actually tied now with cedar point for in second place for the most roller coasters right. for amusement park in the world, yeah. I think you Canadians are just too nice. You need to be louder <laughs> and say, hey, forget you, Cedar Point. Get up here. <laughs> forget them. Yeah, well, we're going to let UConn Striker make that statement this year, and I think it's going to get people in the park. Excellent. Yeah. All right, thank you so much. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, so it was really great to talk to her and just to be there for the first time. And there were a bunch of enthusiasts there as well, as you can imagine, with a ride like this opening. And one of them is Brendan from Amusement Insiders. You might follow them on Twitter, and they've got a YouTube channel. They've got thousands of people following them, and they're actually based right up uh, around Canada's Wonderland. So I really wanted to catch up with him and talk to him about the ride. They've been taking video all off-season in the construction process of this thing. So I just wanted to get his reaction after the ride, what he thought, and he told me a little bit more about what Canada's Wonderland is doing in this area of the park. Take a listen. Well, we're a bunch of nerds that yep. fly a drone over the park and watched a giant steel structure be built over winter. Uh -huh. um, and yeah, travel and ride roller coasters. Cool. So are you based up here? Uh, we are based up here. We all live within like 15 minutes of the park. Okay. Yeah. So that's why you were able to get all that footage and everything? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Very cool. So what do you think? I mean, you've been following this for eight months now since they announced the thing. What do you think about it come to fruition here? Honestly, like I'm really impressed. I think the theming really pushed it over for me. Uh, it's not this basic steel coaster that, you know, a lot of other parks build. Uh, Cedar Fair really, like, went in with the details, and they're not even close to being done uh, with the theming. That's what's exciting. Yeah. So do you know, like, what the story is behind the theming? Did they explain all that to you? Yeah. So the history behind Canada's Wonderland is uh, way back when they opened under Taft Broadcasting, I believe, was the company. 
there was supposed to be this area called Frontier Canada, um, and it never happened. I think due to costs. Don't quote me on yeah, that. Yeah, right, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, basically Cedar Fair saw the opportunity to come in and introduce Frontier Canada now. And based off of the interviews we'd have with park officials, there's this is only phase one of Frontier Canada. There's a lot more to come. So yeah. that's what's exciting. And I talked, I'm sure you talked to Grace Peacock, but when I talked to her, that seemed to be something that she really stressed was the theming and going back to that. And t- to me, I'm sure you would agree with this or maybe not. Um, just seeing like a company like Cedar Fair saying, all right, we want to get make sure the theming's right. That's pretty, that's good to hear, isn't it? Very good. Uh, in terms of regional parks, Cedar Fair seems to be kind of like stepping their foot across that basic regional park line mm-hmm. and stepping in more closely towards Universal and Disney. Obviously, there's a big difference, um, yeah. but this is the closest I've seen a regional park get to something like Disney and Universal. Um, so what else are you going to go do this year? Like, I, I, Did you go to Copperhead when that opened, Copperhead Strike? I did. So okay. we hit up Copperhead Strike. We went to Dollywood. Um, my team's getting ready to cover uh, Kings Island's next coaster. Mm-hmm. So we have a team up there now of about 20 people ready to cover that. So I'm excited about that. Wow. Yeah, so it's going to be a very exciting uh, year. Excellent. How can people follow you guys if they want to check everything out that you do? All right. So they can go to uh, YouTube. Uh, so Amusement Insiders on YouTube, Amusement Insiders on uh, Instagram are our two main accounts. Okay. What's your prediction for Kings Island? I think they're going to get that Giga they've been wanting. You think it is? I, I think so. If it's not a Giga, it's going to be a wing coaster. Okay. Yeah. Um, so if it's a gig, it would have to be the biggest, right? Would it have to be bigger than Fury? I think I think it only makes sense. We see Cedar Fair every year kind of breaking their own records, um, yeah. which is a smart uh, tactic. It prevents other companies from doing it. Right. So I think they'll go for the record. All right, so there you go. That was Brendan from Amusement Insiders. Really great to talk to him and to meet him. It's always great at these events to run into either enthusiasts that I see on Twitter, Instagram all the time, and then to see them in person. It's all, that's always a really neat thing, so it was really great to meet him. But as I promised, I wanted to mention really quick, I know we're running late here on this podcast, but um, driving up. So I took the drive up from Chicago, and it's a really easy drive. Seven plus hours, eight hours, and I'd never driven across the border before, and it was a, it was a relatively easy process. Went through Port Huron um, on the way there, um, Sarnia, and what... Uh, just driving up to the booth, putting, make sure you put all your windows down in the car so the customs agent can look inside, ask you a few questions, got to have your passport to hand that over. And it was relatively easy to get over. Um, they were a little confused that, wait, you're going to Canada's Wonderland for work to ride a roller coaster? This is a real job that you're, <laughs> that you're doing? It's like, yeah, it's true. And I'm with WGN. And they said, do you have any alcohol in the car? I said, no, I don't. I said, all right, go ahead. Of course, that's the question you get asked if you're coming from WGN. So it was a relatively easy drive driving up there. Uh, just a little, once you get to the metric system over the border and realize that your vehicle that you're in doesn't have any kilometers per hour on the uh, speedometer, you know, you got to get creative there and just make sure that you're going the speed limit. You don't get in any trouble. So that was kind of interesting. But uh, I made sure that I stopped along the way. I'd never been to Niagara Falls before. And I've been in other places in the world. My wife and I went to Costa Rica on our honeymoon, and we saw some amazing waterfalls there. I've seen some amazing waterfalls in Mexico. So, well, I got to check this off the list. I got to see Niagara Falls just because it's Niagara Falls, right? But I'd seen waterfalls before thinking, you know, I've seen a waterfall, but got to see Niagara Falls because you got to see it. So I'm driving up to Niagara Falls. If you've ever driven there, you know that 
you're driving, you see the signs, and the signs say, this way to the falls, the falls, the falls. So I'm driving, waiting to see the falls. Where's the falls? And you're pulling on this road, and then all of a sudden, you come up, and you see it. You see the horseshoe falls there. And I'm telling you, there's something special about that place. Because as soon as you see it, it's wow. It is just the most picturesque thing. One of the most picturesque things I have ever seen. So uh, pull the car. What I did is I wasn't staying in Niagara Falls. I didn't have time to go down to the area where all the other attractions and things are and restaurants and all that kind of stuff. I just wanted to see the actual falls themselves. So I drove the car, and if you drive all the way to the end, there's a parking lot right by Horseshoe Falls where you can park for 20 Canadian dollars. Ended up being about, I don't know, 16 bucks or something like that, U.S. dollars. And it was worth every penny because you park and you get out right there and you walk right across the road and you're right there at the site where everybody's taking pictures. And it's only about an hour, it took me about another hour 20, I think, to get from Niagara Falls to Vaughan, Ontario, Canada, which is where Canada's Wonderland is. So you could easily make a trip out of home base in Vaughan, doing Canada's Wonderland, doing Niagara Falls, and doing downtown Toronto as well, which is also a short drive from Canada's Wonderland. So if the Canada's Wonderland is in the center, you could hop and do all those other things. I'll put that information up on the website, wgntv.com slash coastin. That's where you can follow all of my reports. You can see my full ride video from this uh, trip up to uh, Yukon Striker, Canada's Wonderland. And as always, please want you guys to send me your questions and your comments. Is there something you want to know about a theme park in your area? Someplace you want me to visit? Something you want to talk about on the podcast? A topic you want to hear about? Um, I can get answers for you about that, and we can make a great conversation and get some enthusiasts in here to talk about those things. It's a couple ways to get in touch with me, marcuslashock.com. Click on the Submit Your Story button at the top of the website. That will ping me directly in my pocket. That is the best way. If you want to hit me up, I read each and every one of those. Not that I don't read your tweets at Marcus Lashock. I read those also. On Facebook, you can send me a Facebook message. I'm Marcus Lashock on Facebook. You can follow me there. Instagram. I'm at Marcus Lashock. That's where I spend a lot of my time now, up on Instagram. And again, the website is WGNTV.com slash Coaston. Next week, I am talking Cedar Point. It is opening weekend of Cedar Point. Tony Clark from Cedar Point was at the UConn Striker Media Day, and we talked all about this really cool new experience that they're doing there. It sounds like something I've never really experienced at a theme park before. Really interesting. And of course, Cedar Point is one of the destinations for everybody every summer. So I talked to him about that. And he gave me a nugget for 2020. A little nugget about something that they're going to be doing there in 2020. So we'll, uh, I'm putting that podcast together right now. That will air the opening week of Cedar Point. So really want you all to uh, check that one out. I hope you subscribe. I hope you tell your friends. But for now, push down, pull up on your lap bars. I'm Marcus Lashock. We'll see you next time.